Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. Welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk. Poole, we're in the studios for another episode, and we're getting closer. We are closer every day, of my every friend. Day. Every day. We, we're getting a little practice in, getting a few pictures on game cameras, yeah. getting stands put How's up. How's that going getting, for you? Everything's looking good. Is it? Everything's looking good. I watched two decent little bucks that the kids would have loved to have shot. Uh, not really something I would have shot, but yeah. I know good and well they'll... <laughs> They will let it spark fly. their interest, huh? Yes, they won't hold back not one bit. So yeah, I guess it won't be long. We'll be getting into food plots. I know uh, I'm waiting on some hay to get cut, and then I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be getting that way. What about you? Same. Uh, I'm not cutting any hay this year. I bought all my hay, so I'm waiting to go pick it up once they tell me it's all ready. Yeah. Uh, got out of fooling with that this year. Decided I'd try a different route. There you go. And and just ordered what I thought I needed for the winter to handle everything and Yeah. Trying to get everything else ready. Uh got feeders put out the other day, really started focusing on that a little bit more, you know. Mm-hmm. Leave them out most of the year, but had pulled them during turkey season and yeah. starting to get stuff laid back out. Starting to get some some better pictures on on camera. Now this year I'm not doing anything that throws we're, we're trying to keep as least amount on the ground as possible to try to right, keep hogs, keep hogs out, of out of it. So yeah. everything's more gravity fed. Yeah. Well, I know a couple of things we, we've got coming up, um, and we really hadn't mentioned it yet, but we are with our Delta Waterfowl chapter locally. We're doing something a little bit different this year, and we're not having a banquet for our fundraising. We are going to do two different type of uh, fundraisers this year. We are going to have a uh, a sporting place tournament, and we're going to have that over at uh, at Quail Hollow Sporting Place. <laughs> Boy, you ain't gonna die on me over there, are you? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, in the found a bone in that water. Are you drinking over there? Yeah, I think so. The uh... but anyway, so we're going to be this year. First, uh, the first annual, I guess, Sporting Clays tournament we're going to have as a fundraiser for Delta Waterfowl. And then the month after, so that's going to be, I think it's September the 26th, going to do a four-man team. And we'll have all the details coming out here before long. And um, But then after that in October, I think it's October the 30th, we're going to do a four-man scramble golf tournament at, uh, at Quail Hollow Golf Term- Golf Course over in, uh, in Macomb, Mississippi, down there at Percy Quinn State Park. That is correct, and you know we're hoping everybody that normally attends our banquets, as we're not able to have a banquet this year, will be be able to attend, and maybe we can yeah. pick up some new folks. So yeah, it's going to be fun. A couple of different things that that we're doing. I know we've organized a uh, back when we first got started, we have a skeet shoot, but now we're going to going to do a sporting clays tournament and, uh, and then a golf tournament. So that'll be good, man. Looking forward to it. It'll be something different for us to step off into. Well, and you know, just just a way for us to be able to give back to Delta and help them keep. Sure. You know, their mission going and try to try to keep people involved. And, you know, a lot of a lot of these organizations are hurting right now yeah. since they're not able to have banquets. And yep. you know, a lot of people are hurting with the COVID stuff right now. So, yep. And, you know, the the guys that we have on today, they're they're big supporters of Delta Water. They are. That was that was one of the good reasons to have them on today is, sure. uh, you know, shine a little light on one of the good sponsors. 
Yeah, not only area, that, so. man, they are uh, they're in a business that we tend to have to deal with every once in a while as outdoorsmen. Yeah, I'm wanting to hear what new things they have coming up for us that uh, may help us out, out in the may field, help huh? us out with this problem. And and different people all over the country. And if you're not from the South, you may not have this problem. I know when I was in <laughs> Wisconsin. Wasn't so much issue, huh? No, they told us they don't have them at all. So really? I, was, I was really looking at maybe thinking about moving up there later in life. <laughs> but the guys that we've got on today may be able to solve that problem down here, but, too. You know, so. That's always something we, we deal with during bow season, turkey season. I'm, uh, there's nothing worse than sitting up in a sitting up in a bow stand, and you got a deer come out, a couple deer come out, whatever the case may be, and you're sitting there, and you right in your ear, and you're trying to you know twitch the best you can to get it off of you. and and uh, But, yeah. Yeah, excited to hear what these guys got in store to, to help. Why don't we go ahead and introduce them? Yeah, go ahead, man. Who we got? Y'all, today we have uh, Mr. Jeremy and Mr. Brett with Spartan Mesquite out of Lumberton, Mississippi. Guys, how are y'all today? Uh, I am good. Hey, I'm real good, but if we're in Lumberton, this cell phone's got a huge reach. Um, we're, we're actually, at, we're actually at lower Mississippi is where our manufacturing plant is. And then we've got three or four other offices throughout the state, but, uh, we're phenomenal, man. Um, we're just, you know, super happy to be here. And, and I was laughing at you talking about, uh, Wisconsin. Let me tell you, there's this town in Blue River, it's called Blue River, Wisconsin. And they've got more mosquitoes than Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama combined. I've never seen anything like it. I love it to death. So. So be careful with that. If anyone from the river has heard that, um, it, it, it's absolutely amazing. But but we really appreciate being on today. Well, see, when we were when I was up there during May during turkey season, the gentleman up there runs a deer guiding service and let us stay at his lodge and hunt some of the property that he had. He really doesn't do turkey hunts, but he just let us go. And you know, he told us they don't have ticks and they don't have mosquitoes. Well, about the second day in, I found a tick and. Hmm. Was pretty sure we were seeing mosquitoes also, but I didn't want to argue with him. So it was like, you know, he's he's being nice enough. He didn't charge us much to stay in his lodge. Uh, yeah. We were very well isolated away from everybody else since all the COVID stuff was still going on at that time. And he had some really nice areas that we could hunt that uh, turkeys weren't his thing. He said, I don't I don't care to guide hunts. If you guys want to hunt them, here's your places. Uh you know, and, and, and go to it, and, and we did. So, But I bet the mosquito population did not compare to a Mississippi River bottom mosquito population, did it? No. It, it, in, in Blue River, yes, sir. I have really? never in my life, I didn't believe it. We went up there. I took my son, and, and uh, we had a uh, one of our uh, field guys, you know, it's in charge of all our field ops, um, that went up there, and we were, I, I was just taken aback. I was like, man, there's no way this place is worse than us. I would literally, I would make a fair comparison, except you're walking on land instead of, you know, driving through a marsh. It's bad. It's hmm. just, it, it, I, if, you, if you don't blame me, go up there. It's just absolutely horrible. But um, uh, it's nice to know that there are at least some places in Wisconsin that don't have, you know, mosquitoes <laughs> that bad. But up there, <laughs> it's tough. Well, you know, when I first got out of college, I worked up north a good bit. I, I stayed on the road working out of hotel rooms you know, working different plant jobs and different things. And what we ran into in Minnesota, South Dakota, especially when the snow melt melted, it left lots of little stagnant pools of water 
all in the agricultural fields, you know. I mean, it was just, they were planting corn, soybeans all around them, but go anywhere near any of that. It was plenty of mosquitoes and some of the biggest mosquitoes I'd ever run into. So, you know, you, you think South Mississippi, South Louisiana, you're going to have the biggest abundance of them or, or problem with them, but we had major problems up there. I mean, you're trying to weld and work and you're fighting mosquitoes trying to work on a pipeline. That, that becomes a little bit of an issue. Oh, yeah. But now, y'all are based out of Laurel. I was always under the assumption, that's my bad on that, I was under the assumption y'all were out of Lumberton. No, we're, we're kind of all over the place. We have, we have a manufacturing facility in, in just outside of Laurel. It's in Jones County, but we just say Laurel. And um, uh, we've got offices in, in Purvis, Mississippi, uh, office in Tickey, Mississippi, office in Hattiesburg. Um, we've got, uh, we're getting really close to building an office in, in Jackson. Uh, we're just kind of all over the place. So, um, you know, it just kind of depends on who you talk to. And we've got, heck, I think we're, we're, we're actually considering a, an office in Denver, Colorado, um, here in the next few months, just depending on how things go. But, you know, we're, we're kind of moving so fast that, that we're disparate and kind of all over the place. And then you, you throw on COVID, especially these last few months. Um, it's just kind of increased that, that capacity to have to work remote because, you know, we've got people working at home and working all over the place. But, you know, we don't know, we don't know where the company's going to end up. So we, we didn't really have the capacity to say, Hey, let's be here and let's stay there. We've, we've manufactured in, in a couple places in Hattiesburg historically, you know, over the last couple of years. But, um, when we got to a, a, a size point, we just kind of had to make that move to, um, Jones County because, there wasn't a space here, so um, it's it's been pretty entertaining. But um, you can see where it might get confusing. But, you know, you talk to some people, and they say, "Oh, yeah, we're based at, you know, I I, I work for Spartan, and I'm I'm in Jackson, Mississippi, or I work for Spartan, and I'm in Kansas City, or I work for Spartan, and I live in Dallas, or I work for Spartan, and I live in Ocean Springs." We kind of have this all over the place. So um, we're <laughs> most of the time we don't know what's going on. So don't worry about the fact that. You thought we were out of Lumberton because, you know, all I know, maybe we've got some folks there too. Well, tell me this, guys. Uh, I know a little bit about how y'all started, but I know our listeners are, you know, tell me how how did y'all come up with the idea of Spartan Mosquito? How, how, where did any of this, how did all of this begin? Um, really boredom, you know. Um um, I was sitting on the back porch um, of my house with my wife, uh, one of my kids, and she was pregnant with our third kid, and my second kid was pretty young, sitting in the, I think she was actually sitting in a car seat at the time. And, uh, you know, we, we sat there, we went out, you know, it was in the evening, and um, mosquitoes were, you know, all over all of us, and she picked up that, that bottle of kind of traditional spray and, you know, walked toward walked toward the baby, and I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, what else are we supposed to do? And it kind of dawned on me that, you know, hey, there needed to be a, a different way. So, you know, just started doing a whole bunch of research and, and playing around there at the house. And, you know, the first time that, that we uh, we did this, I had uh, I had some black water bottles from uh, um, Walmart. You know, I'd taken water bottles and spray painted them black, and I had black socks coming out the top and 
you know, as like a wick and we had them all around the house and, um, we kind of went from, you know, at the beginning of Bambi where, where you hear all the butterflies and, and, you know, all the sounds and we had this huge wildlife and then all, all of a sudden everything went silent. I said, well, you know, we're, we're definitely getting rid of stuff, but I think we're getting rid of a, a little bit too much. So I just kind of worked on it and got to a point where it was easy for us. Um, just, just to solve that one problem, you know, putting, um, some, some stuff on my child. And, uh, you know, after a little while, you know, folks said, you know what? You, you, you stuff. Cause a lot of folks had, had asked about it. And I said, well, I mean, I guess we can try. And, you know, it kind of just went from there. So it's really, it's not something that was intended. It's not something that was planned. It was just a, you know, let me find a, a resolution for something for my family, which, you know, I think that's what most people do, you know, uh, at least most sane people, you know, do everything they do for their family. And, and that's all we were doing is, you know, I was, I was trying to take care of my family and I was able to take care of them. And, and then we decided to, to kind of go down that route. You know, I, I'm, I'm not knocking any, anybody in the, in the, in the, in the industry, but, you know, I didn't, aspire as a child to become, you know, a, a person that tries to take care of bugs. You know, that wasn't my lifelong dream to, to figure out how to kill bugs. It's just, it's just kind of where we are today. So you're saying as a young child, you did not, you didn't want to be the mosquito man? <laughs> no, sir, not at all. I still don't <laughs> want to be the mosquito man. Um, um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things, you know, and if, you know, you have a necessity and you kind of play around and I, I think it's something that we all do, you know, with, with a roll of duct tape and some nails and, and whatever you have around the house trying to solve problems. And, and that's all I was trying to do is solve the problem and, and it solved this for us. So, you know, that was something that we decided, well, you know, when, when people started asking for what we had at our house, you know, people would be in our house and go, wow, you know, I'm not getting bit. And, Blah blah blah. I said, oh, you know, try this, try this, and it just it just kind of went from there. But no, it was not intended at all. Um, um, you know, and half the time we have no idea what we're doing because it's it's not like this is a grand plan to begin with. So it's it's kind of a learn as you go type thing. Well, you know, these are the type of stories to me that I always like to hear. You started off in your backyard, and now you're you're multi-state, you're international. Uh, you know, where, where all do y'all offer this product at? Where, where all have y'all sold to? So, so we sell in the United States. One of the things that we've never done is we, we've never offered any products for sale outside the United States. And, and the reason being is because we've grown, um, at the speed with which we have, we've, we've had some, some complications with a whole bunch of stuff. You know, we've had complications with suppliers. Um, we've had complications with, with folks understanding with complications hiring. Um, I mean, at one of, one of our locations this year, there was a, there was a point in which we had three employees and, and two weeks later, two and a half weeks later, we had like 130 people operating. And it's, it's absolutely impossible to manage that. And so my thought is, is one, we need to, we need to make sure that we can take care of of the United States first. I mean, that's our, that's our primary goal. You know, first it was Mississippi and then, and then the United States and we're still, we're still working on that process. Now, you know, as far back as, as 2017, we had requests from every continent on earth except Antarctica. Um, we still do get requests every day, but I just, I don't think it's, 
I don't think it's you know, ethical or moral or, or even being a, a good Mississippian or a good American to say, hey, let me let me sell this stuff overseas um, when when there's such a problem here. So um, once we once we master what we're doing here and, and we, we think we're getting very close to being able to just support it um, from from a supply side and from a production side and all, you know all those things that go with business, um, especially the customer service side. We're we've got um, um, stuff set up on on five continents where we're ready to go um, and flip that switch. You know immediately we can basically take three people. Um, and, you know, street people and a couple pallets of stuff, basically stuff that would fit in, you know, even a commercial aircraft as far as living those pallets. And we can go anywhere in the world, um, within two weeks and we can set up manufacturing, uh, within two weeks after that. So we spent a lot of time and research, uh, trying to figure out how that methodology is. And then, you know, it's one thing to make money, but it's a whole other thing to help people. So there's, there are places in the world that, that could just use our help. And so it's trying to find a balance between, you know, how do we help them and how do we, um, how do we actually, um, um, proceed with that? You know, um, we do a lot of charitable works and stuff in the United States and we do, we do a lot of stuff overseas as well, but, but it's trying to focus our stuff and learn and learn as a company, you know, even with, um, uh, it was overseas, you gotta have folks that are willing to go. And I can tell you, it's, it's real hard as, as a pesticide company to say, hey, do you want to come work for a pesticide company? You know, most people are, are kind of like, yeah, no, no one wants really to come to work for a pesticide company in Mississippi, although it's getting much, much better and we've been able to recruit people from all around the country. But coupled with that, when you sit them down and say, hey, do you have a passport? Are you willing to go live in Africa for six months? Are you willing to go live in Asia for six months? Yeah, I mean, people have families and stuff. You know, you don't you don't think of that as a as a normal job interview process. So um, we're, we're, we're good um, from that perspective, but it's, it's just a lot to, to go that quickly from, you know, just a few years ago operating out of my garage and then going to a a trailer and then going to one warehouse, then going to another and another and, and adding all these offices. Just just a, from an organizational standpoint, it's, it becomes very difficult to even manage that. You know, it would be like going from you know having one child at home one week to having ten children at home the next week to having you know fifty three weeks after that. It's just not manageable. You know, you, you don't know how to house them, you don't know how to feed them, and we've got we've got folks literally that have worked you know have come in and worked for six months and they don't even have a place. Like, we're literally like, here's a fold-out chair and a Walmart, uh, table. You know, you're just, you're going to be sitting here for six months or for however long until we can find us in space. So, um, to me, it's more important that we grow correctly rather than, you know, growing fast and, and, and certainly we want to take care of, of the folks here at home rather than those folks that are abroad, you know, we've got to always come first, and, and, and that's kind of where we pushed all our efforts. Well, yeah, anytime you have growth, especially like you're talking about exponential growth, that's a, it's a difficult thing to manage, and sometimes it's manageable, sometimes it's more headache and it's worse sometimes, but getting into Spartan Mosquito, the products, uh, tell our listeners... You what, know, what the products are. Yeah, tell, tell them what, what all products y'all offer and, and what your product does. 
So right now they're only selling um, three products that we have to market. Um, we've got two that are that are virtually the same. They're, um, they're the Sport Mosquito Eradicator or Sport Mosquito Protect. Um, you know, it's kind of a a tube that you fill with water and 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 hang from a tree. Um, and then we have a, a spray on repellent, Spartan Go. You know, it's just a normal hey, let me spray this on, and um, you know, if I'm going to leave the house, et cetera, or be somewhere else. Um, the the spray on repellent is kind of confusing. I mean, this whole the whole world of pesticides is confusing, but the active ingredient is picaridin, um, which is commonly used in Europe. Uh, it's used in some products here in America, but if you if you go to the the um, CDC website and you start doing research on this stuff called picaridin, um, the, the publicized consensus is that picaridin confuses mosquitoes' um, sensory capacity, so they can't really sense that you're there. They don't. They don't get into the science behind it. They, you know, because no one really knows all the science behind it. Uh, the ultimate thing is just confuses their senses so they don't know you're there. And, and that product works on gnats and lyceums and uh, ticks and triggers and you know mosquitoes and you know all sorts of stuff. But it does have its limitations. Um, you know, and it's just a, a spray on repellent. Um, that product is is uh, made in the USA because the main ingredient keratin. Um, there's actually no U.S. manufacturer that Keratin is made overseas, so 20% of that product is is uh, foreign made. So we have to say that that product is just made in the USA. Uh, we're fervently working to be able to produce the Keratin in the United States, so we can uh, change that from made in USA to to 100% American made, and, and that's going to take some time to be able to to produce the Keratin here. The the two products, um, they, they're kind of confusing how they work, but basically, uh, you know, you can go back 50, 60 years, even longer, and and the the science is, is that if you can figure out something that's attractive um, to bugs, it's it's if you think of like a mouse trap, right? Um, it doesn't work without cheese, right? You need something that's going to going to attract it there um, and, and and then you can execute your your, your kill um, we have a, an attractive toxic sugar bait so ultimately mosquitoes are attracted to all sorts of things you know I think it's understood pretty much across the board that mosquitoes like stagnant water right and we have water in there and that uh, it's a, the general consensus that uh, mosquitoes' favorite food is flower nectar, so you have some sugar in there. Um, the, the tubes are are darker, and so you know the sunlight's going to hit them and and make them a, a little bit warmer. Um, we we kind of have a lot of stuff going in there for them, an attractive side, and then the the toxic side. Um, one product we have a main ingredient of sodium chloride, right? Like table salts. So that's the the active, and sodium chloride um, works on some species and doesn't work on others. So, for instance, there are um, mosquito species that are called salt marsh mosquitoes, 
Well, obviously, you know, a mosquito that can lay its eggs in a, in a, in a bayou, in a saltwater bayou, aren't going to have any issues with the, the salt content of, of that product. Um, the other ones, that salt content is going to impact them uh, in different ways depending on the species. And it's really tough because there's 3,000 species of mosquitoes. So you can imagine even, um, you know, if, if, if there were 3,000 species of, of white-tailed deer, they're all going to behave differently. And so, you know, there are going to be similarities, but they're, but they're also going to behave differently. So, so it's a very, very complex process. With the, the other one, uh, the Protect, the active ingredient is boric acid. So boric acid is, is basically a, a derivative of boron, which is a, a metal. It's a boron salt. And I don't want to get too scientific here for you, but, but, um, boric acid is commonly found in, in many, many products as are derivatives of boron. So you have stuff like borax that can be used and stuff like, uh, um, laundry detergent. Um, there's boron in lipstick. Uh, there's boron in, in tons of, uh, cosmetics and then hygiene products. You know, the stuff is found everywhere. Um, and it, it, it impacts much like the sodium chloride, except for the fact that in, in all of recorded history that, that we've been able to find, no mosquito has ever built up a tolerance to boric acid, whereas okay. mosquitoes have built up tolerances to sodium chloride, right? They have those salt marsh mosquitoes. So to us, it was the, the logical choice to progress to. Um, when you think of, you know, like the mosquito guys that, that are on those trucks that drive through the neighborhood, I mean, I'm sure we've all, I know I used to ride my bike behind the thing, you know, it was just fun growing up, but, but they're sending all that stuff out and mosquitoes can actually build up tolerances to it. So they have to continually change the chemicals, et cetera. And so that was kind of an added benefit of this, this boric acid and using that aspect is that we're not actually, you know, changing the, the dynamics. And, and a lot of times, and, you know, I, I would say don't quote me, but I know this is recorded, so it's, so it's quoted, but it's almost as akin to, to chewing the last of the mosquito. Like, um, you're never going to, build up a tolerance to chewing glass and it's never going to sit with you well. If that kind of describes that, I don't know if I was a little bit too verbose, but no, I hope that kind of explains the product a little bit. Well, in, you know, the spray on product, I, I get it. Uh, you know, there's, it, it works on contact, keeps them off of you, off of yourself. Uh, the tubes, you put how many tubes out in an area? Say I'm I'm wanting to do around my house. I want to keep the mosquitoes away from my house. How many tubes? So say a two acre. So so two acres. It depends on really the time. It depends on a lot of stuff. So if you're two acres in in South Mississippi and it's March, you're gonna want to use just um, a couple tubes. You're gonna you're gonna want to use a, a minimum of two tubes per acre. So you need four. Okay. Um, of Spartan Mosquito Eradicator. Protect, um, you really want to use eight tubes. And, and the thinking is, um, when, if you, if you want to think about mosquitoes, is that, you know, they need two things to, to kind of come about. They need water and they need heat. And that's why in the middle of the winter, 
we really don't have that many. And then, of course, if it's a really warm day, all the mosquitoes come out, right? If you want to think of Alaska, where it's cold a lot of the time, you know, you think, hey, all the, all the mosquitoes are dead, there are none. But as soon as it starts to warm up, all of a sudden you have have those mosquitoes again. And when they have a hurricane, you have more because you have more stagnant water. So there's all that long thing said is that um, usually around March 1st, um, it's down here, it's the, the, the way that it's described by most scientists is that um, you need a, a temperature of above 50 degrees. So based on the U.S. Department of Agriculture's historical data, Usually in South Mississippi, March 1st is the date where you're going to have consistent temperatures above 50 degrees. So you kind of have officially entered mosquito season. Now, when, if you only had a male and a female in your yard on March 1st, that's all you have. So when they breed, they're mosquito species that could, you know, lay 400 different eggs. And the way that they, they, so you want to, you want to interrupt that. And, and I digress and I'm giving you way too much information, but, but, um, the males and the females act a little bit different. So in reality, the female is the only one that fights you. So what happens is the male breeds with the female and then the female, the last thing that she needs to do before she lays her egg is she needs some amino acids. And those amino acids come from the proteins that are in your blood. So that's the only reason really that she bites you is she needs that, that final thing before she lays her eggs. Um, so if you can interrupt that and you can prevent that first bite, if you will, right? So you're March 1st, you have your, you have your tubes there. Um, if, if that female, as soon as she, you know, has bred with that male, She's on the search for blood. We're, we're hoping to trick her to to go in there. Um, we may have tricked her to go in there even prior to breeding with that male because maybe she wanted um, um, some sugar water, right? But after she's bred, she's searching for um, a blood meal. And the way that they search for blood meals is through a few things. But the large scientific consensus is that they're searching for something thermally, right, that's warmer, and something that's producing carbon dioxide. So we're trying to confuse her with either, you know, at stage one, we might get lucky because she's looking for water, or he's looking for water, or they're looking for that, that, that nectar, and, and we have that sugar water. If we kind of misconfusing them at that point, once they've bred now, we're concentrating on that female and trying to, to confuse her and hope that she's going to um, go in there looking for a blood meal. Um, if if we miss that stage, there are a lot of mosquito species that like to lay their eggs or raft of eggs in um, um, stagnant water. So if we miss her at the second stage, we're going to be looking for that blood meal. Hopefully we can get her at that third stage where Maybe she'll lay her eggs in there. But the, the, ultimately the way the, the process works is that if you get them out, you know, early, and it's different for every part of the country, right? You know, it gets above that 50 degrees. We kind of have a little map on all of our boxes saying, hey, this is when you need to put them out. You can imagine if the, the, the male and the female successfully breed, 
now you have you could have 400 mosquitoes on your two acres of land, and two weeks later they could all breed. Well, if you're in the beginning of the season, you know there's a certain amount that you want to put up. If if you wait till June and they're all over the place, you kind of want to increase that amount of tubes. Okay, that was what I was fixing to ask. You're, you're going to be fighting a larger problem. You know, you're not fighting a couple of mosquitoes. You may be fighting tens of thousands of mosquitoes. What is the, uh, just for, since we're on science in it, what is the life cycle of a mosquito? They are, they are all, <laughs> they are all absolutely different. Um, um, there are some basics that are generally um, accepted. Uh, typically, you know, if you if you look at the difference between like a male and a female, um, typically males do not last um, nearly as long as females. Females are much hardier; they live a lot longer. Um, but there are three thousand species, so. You know, anything that I would want to tell you, I want to try to keep, <laughs> I want to try to keep, you know, because there's, because there's so many different species, I got to try to kind of keep it where, where it's legitimate and it, and it, and it goes across. But basically what happens is you have, you have these eggs and these eggs are, are typically, again, um, um, deposited on, on stagnant water. Um, only, and, and again, um, um, please, please don't, you know, think that, that, um, um, this applies to all, but some do like groups of eggs, um, as far as like they call them rafts, and some do, uh, single eggs. But those eggs then develop into larvae, and then in the water, and then the larvae develop into pupa in the water, and, and kind of the adult emerges. Um, from the water and it, and it, and it becomes an adult. Um, some of them can, can last, you know, three days if you're looking at, you know, this male and this, this species and some mosquito species. And if you say, hey, this female, she can live a month. So, you know, it just really depends, um, on the species, whether or not it's male or female, um, what area of the, the um, world we live in, what kind of access do they have to water and heat, etc. It's just such a broad topic. It's a really difficult, really difficult to answer because you could talk. What, you tell know, me for, this, Jeremy. For, for ten hours just on one species, and there's so many species available, it makes it difficult. Well, look, if anybody wants to talk about different species for 10 hours, uh, they have classes at uh, most colleges. <laughs> uh, Mississippi State has a good one because part of what you just hit on just threw me back into college in in class. There for a minute, I was a forestry major, so we had to learn about every species known to man that, you know, affected timber. So, uh, But go, go into this now. Uh, I know this is used... Y'all's primary, and correct me if I'm wrong, the primary use for the Spartan mosquito is around residential. Is that correct, or am I wrong? Well, well, sort of. So, so we we specifically tried to look at residential, but what we found is that um, there are a lot of other very very applicable usage for some of our products, but the industry is very very big, so. So there are some states where 
where um, mosquito control districts are elected officials with, you know, $70 million a year budgets that have airplanes and helicopters and compounds and, and um, there's a lot of money spent on mosquito control. So I don't know if you guys remember in, in 2016, you know, the Zika outbreak um, in Florida was, was really uh, concentrated in about a two mile, um, two, two square mile area. And it, it roughly cost about $50 million to control those, um, those two miles and, and get that process under control. And conversely, if, if we had, um, 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 looked at that area, um, we could have uh, effectively done the same thing, but we could have done it to $200,000. And so there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of people in the industry that, that, uh, don't look upon us favorably because obviously you cut people's budgets, um, it makes it very difficult for some of the companies that are selling the products. It makes it very difficult for, individuals that, you know, we all know with money comes power, and if I'm a, an elected official with a $60 million budget, and all of a sudden I'm an elected official with a $5 million budget, um, it, it, it kind of degrades the, <laughs> the the power, if you will, of, of my budget. But um, we, we have done testing all over the place and have used it in um, and continue to use it in a lot of other settings. You know, we've we've used products uh, around schools, around casinos, on um, golf courses, uh, private islands, um, um, deer camps, um, 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 fishing areas, ponds, um, all sorts of different uh, capacities. When you think residential. Um, you know, we're here in the south where, where usually people have uh, some trees in their yard and they have some space. You know, if we're thinking, you know, the center of New York City where it's, you know, home after home after home or apartment after apartment, like where they don't have that ability to stretch out, it makes it much more complex. So I would say in large part, you know, our our products are, are much more successful in usage and in rural areas rather than urban just because of the way that our product works. So um, as we discussed before, it's a you know it's an attractant and it, that's counterintuitive. When when most people at least at least the tube products, not the spray products. But when you think about mosquito control, everyone thinks closer is better. I mean it's just that's the inherent nature of mosquito control, right? And hey, if I put this thing around my neck or if I spray this stuff on my body or I, I, you know, put this thing on my table, it's going to be better for me the closer it is, right? I'm not going to light a uh, candle to keep mosquitoes away and, and put it 50 feet away because we all know that's not going to do us any good. Yeah, that doesn't good. help so, anything. So our process, because it's, a, it's an attractant, that's been a very hard um, kind of bridge to cross. A lot of our, you know, complaints are people say, hey, you know, I, I filed the directions to a T and I still have mosquitoes. And we're like, okay, you know, we'll just talk about it. And it turns out they've got a tube, you know, hanging on their porch or right by their barbecue grill or, 
or, you know, the, the dynamic of these is that you need to get them away from you, um, so that you, you, if you kind of think like a fence, right? And we have, you know, uh, the four corners of the fence, the, the hypothetical fence that would be around your yard, you, you need to really get them, get them away from you as the directions indicate. I mean, we have, I, I had this, this email from this poor woman the other day and I felt horrible for her. You know, she said, hey, I put these out and my, my child is getting bitten. You know, I don't know what to do. I even put one on the swing set she plays on. And, and you know, I... Yeah, I she's actually attracting know, my, the mosquitoes I, to yeah, where she wants them to be. Yeah, I kind of my head. And I'm like, well, of course, of course she got bitten. There's there's a, tra- a mosquito attractant, uh, you know, right next to her slide. She's playing on the slide. She's going to get bitten. Okay, see, where I was, where I was going... I guess, and you, you've just helped answer that question. So what you're trying to protect, whether it's your home or whatever it is you're wanting to keep mosquitoes out of, you need to put it around it, not by it. Like you say, kind of say That's like right. a, a perimeter fence. You want, you want what you're trying to protect basically in the center of it. Yes, sir. Uh, so, yes, sir. And, and it's real hard, especially for us guys, you know, for, for typically the way, you know, that we work is, is on at least, for the most part, if you look at the research, and 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 you guys are anything like me or you know most men, I I'm too proud to read the instructions. Like I can figure out anything <laughs> on my own. You know, you give me a new DVD player, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look at the instructions. I'm gonna figure it out myself. Um, on the on the converse of that, you know, women most of the time, you know, almost well above ninety percent of the time. They actually read instructions, and so we've kind of, we've kind of been in this battle um, for the last couple of years, also, and it's, it's really funny of of trying to um, trying to get those points across. You know, at, at my house, you know, my wife, um, you know, decides that hey, X, Y, and Z is good, and she may say, hey, Jeremy, I need you to go out and and, and buy this thing. I think this thing is great, and and, and do whatever it says. Well, we see that happen also out kind of in the, in the world where, where, you know, a lot of times it's, hey, okay, I've got to have this product and they get it and, and, and they go home and then, you know, I'm kind of, you know, sometimes I just want to, I, I lose my patience. Um, um, but you know, a gun's not going to fire unless you put a bullet in there, right? A car's not going to drive unless you put gas in it. There, there are some fundamental things that, that you have to do, but you're exactly right. You know, closer is not better. It's you've got to you got to get them away from you. You know, you can't you don't want to put one of these things inside your house. I mean, if you have mosquitoes in your house, it's horrible. But if you put an attractant in your house, yeah, you're gonna have more. You're going. Yeah, there's yeah, simple they're, they're, logic they're, there they, to they follow. May, they may be going there to die, but guess what? They're going to be going there, and you're real close to that. So, so no, it's. It's keep them away from you, you know, and a lot of folks like with, with, um, deer fields and deer stands, especially during bow season, um, my experiments were, were horrible initially with deer season. You know, I was playing around with it, but, you know, if, if you picture, say you have your, your, you're in your stand, you know, your tripod, whatever, you're, you're in your spot. Um, you know, originally I was, I was, you know, using the tubes around the field. And that doesn't do me, I mean, the deer may have a great time because now they're not getting busy, but I don't really care about the field. I care about where I'm sitting, right? 
So the that point that I'm trying to take care of is that stand. So how right? far is through y'all's through y'all study and research? How far from the stand? Because that's where I was kind of that's what I was while you were talking. That's what I kind of was trying to figure out in 80, my head is how to use it in a hunting standpoint. Yep, eighty feet and eight zero. And so you want to, you know, if you have your stand in the middle, you kind of wherever that stand is, you want to be eighty feet. You know, one to the north, one to the east, one to the south, one to the west. You know, as close as you can to that. Obviously, you don't want to stick one in the middle of the field, but but you're trying to take care of that stand of where you are. And so that's what you want to do is you want to get them away. Um, the funny thing was uh, with deer hunting, you know, is, is we <laughs> in our instructions, we say, you know, hanging's about six feet high. Well, you know, I've been sitting in a deer stand and had one at six feet high. And you know how, you know, especially big bucks are curious. And, and I've watched a big buck go over there and, and, you know, use their, use their rack and, and start scraping on the bottom of it and knock it over. Um, so you kind of want to, you know, make sure it's out of their reach. But, um, yeah, you, you want to concentrate on that stand. Okay. So if Jeremy and I duck on a good bit, if we took it and said we wanted to put it around a, a permanent blind, teal season's coming up. I've got a, a buddy I hunt with and help a good bit. If we were going to set it up, say for around his blinds where he has customers coming to uh we could put three or four around that blind as long as we're 80 feet away from it and that should be able to help because you know south louisiana during teal season they will they will just about tote you off yes sir and that's you kind of you kind of have yes almost so so it's definitely going to do a huge thing if you think of like a crescent moon right or or half a circle Right, because most most blinds are, um, you know, I wouldn't say most. Some blinds are, you know, right there on the water's edge. So you can you can um, you can treat the land side, but you can't treat the water side. So if you use those those tubes around that blind on the land side at that 80 feet away, you're going to be offered a, a, you know, it's definitely going to reduce, but you've got to remember that you've got the water side. So. That's one of the reasons why this year also that we launched the sport we go spray on because sometimes you're in situations like a boathouse or a lot of times you have floating blinds or people hunt out of, um, you know, John boats, right? They make their, they make their blinds in the boat. They're actually out there in the middle of the water. It makes it really difficult to use the tubes because you're moving around and you're in the water and there may be no place to do it. But on a, on a blind that's on the, on the land, yeah, you want to treat that semicircle around it that's on the land, um, and it'll definitely reduce them. But you got to remember that mosquitoes are going to be coming from that water as well, right, straight to you, and they're going to get to you from that water before they ever get to your tubes. So at that point, you would want to kind of add in that spark and go, um, which is really nice. It, it um, um, after you spray it on, uh, you kind of rub it in, and you wait about 15, 20 seconds, uh, and you get it a smell, you're really not going to smell much uh, at all. So it's not like you have this real strong um, smell like those typical uh, spray-on repellents that just kind of, you know, <laughs> they make it really rough. You know, you can only smell someone that's got mosquito repellent on. Um, but, yeah, you're looking at that semicircle if you're, if you're, if you're on the land. 
Okay. Well, you know, following along with y'all on, on social media and stuff, I've, I've always enjoyed, you know, the different things that y'all put on there. It's just, you know, something. But the last video that y'all did, or the last one that I saw, we talked about it a little bit before we got on here earlier, the the one where y'all... Kaboom. Yeah, where y'all <laughs> blow the mosquito up. That was... How did that transpire? So, yeah, that was really fun. So, so there are kind of some limits. When, when you have, you know, there's regulatory language on anything that you're allowed to say, um, kind of regarding, you know, a pesticide. And, and we, we needed to get across the fact that, that, you know, Spartan Mosquito Protect kills mosquitoes, that's it. And we started to try to make, you know, this fancy video and all that. And I said, you know, maybe we need to do something easier. Well, um, a year ago, we, uh, we had this, this national hardware show where, you know, people from all over the world show up in Vegas and, you know, that's one of our outlets that we, that we sell to, uh, to hardware stores. We do a lot of feed stores, you know, seed and, and we try to stick with independence. I mean, some of our stuff is, has gotten into larger corporations, but we, we primarily want to focus on you know, independent stores, the small stores, the, the feed stores, the hardware stores, the, the folks that have, you know, good customer service, because ultimately that's all a company is anyways, it's customer service. And we, we came up with this idea to, to build this mosquito and have the shortest person that we could find be in this mosquito costume. So we had this, you know, <laughs> I don't know, it's like, it's like it's like seven feet long, about six feet wide, you know, with the wingspan. So we had this, you know, this movie set designer, a really good guy out of, out of Utah that, that, that built these, uh, you know, costumes for movies and stuff like that. He built this mosquito and we were out in Vegas and we had this person in there, you know, inside the mosquito and then we, we hired a bunch of, uh, models in Vegas to dress like Spartans. And they were kind of running around the show, you know, acting like they were trying to kill the mosquito. And it was a really good time, and it was a great, you know, thing kind of off the wall for Vegas. But but we got back, and, and we're we're at a point in our distribution model where we really don't go to shows anymore. Um, and, and we had this mosquito, and I was like, you know, um, I like blowing stuff up. I mean, I, I, I like to hunt. I like fish. I like the outdoors, and, and I, I kind of like to blow stuff up. I'm not sure if that's... If that's from my military experience or, you know, it's just, I think probably not, you know, when I was a little kid, I liked blowing up stuff too. I, I think it's just because I'm a guy, but, um, we, we thought about, well, you know, we got this mosquito, how cool would it be just to kind of blow it up? So, um, <clears throat> we talked and, you know, Brett, um, he's on the call and I don't think he said a word. He may not even be on <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm still here just listening. <laughs> I'm not sure if we're going to give him any title or not. <laughs> well, you know, you guys were talking about earlier, like, you know, Mr. Mosquito, like, I, I really don't, I don't like, I don't like to interact with a lot of people. I don't like to be on TV or doing that. And, you know, my marketing guys were always pushing me to that. And I, I looked at Brett and I said, well, you know, Brett, you could, you could turn into Mr. Mosquito and, uh, we could blow up the mosquito. And he's like, man, that'd be fun. So we, we pitched a lot of weird ideas. You know, originally, uh, he was going to be wearing, uh, American flag boots and American flag overalls and American flag cowboy hat and uh, we had a whole bunch of fun and, and we got a whole bunch of outtakes from it but but long story short um, you know we got a got the 50 cow and um, 
set it up and, and went out to our deer camp and, and we coordinated with the, the farmer that leases the land there and said, hey, you know, we're going to be out here. Is this okay? We're going to do this. And, you know, yeah, of course, no problem. And you know, the, the, the charge that we used was primarily Tannerite. And, and we started looking at the Tannerite laws and they, they have some these really weird laws with Tannerite where you, you know, you can only explode so much of it um, legally. And, and as a company, we had to be very careful to make sure that we didn't break any laws. Well, one of the kind of interpretations of the law is, if, you know, if you're, you know, a trained expert in explosives or, if, you know, a, a professional, if you will, or if you're um, a farmer that needs to remove something to his, from his land, the, the amount of tannerite that you can use goes up exponentially. So obviously we needed to, obviously we needed to clear something from his land. We just cleared the mosquito. But, um, we set up the mosquito. We, we actually had a, a fake one the day before just to make sure that, you know, <laughs> we weren't going to miss, uh, the rifle hadn't been sighted in in 10 years. So, you know, we weren't sure if we were actually going to hit it, but, but, you know, the first one we shot, you know, looked good, and it was a much smaller charge. It was only about 24 pounds of tannerite, and we said, okay, that's going to look good. So we, you know, uh, almost tripled the amount of tannerite, and we got it set up, and we had all these, uh, they had all these cameras around on the ground, and they had drones up top, and was the, you know, the guy that um, did the film work, he's, he's worked on other projects for us before, and these guys are great guys, and... Um, you know, we kind of all stood back for the, for the, for the day of the shoot and, and, uh, you know, Brett shot that thing off and, and squared it perfect. And man, it was, it, it was a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. Now, there, there's also <laughs> some good camera work there, but I was like, whoa. And then what's crazy is, you know, I think the biggest piece we found was about three inches. Most of the other stuff disintegrated, but we, uh, you know, we, we, we coordinated with the production team and everybody else. And, you know, I, um, we talked to the farmer and said, you know, it looks like we, we took out about a, a 30 foot circle here, you know, um, we you know, to compensate you more than retail value for this. And so we, you know, we compensated from him. And I was actually out there uh, a few weeks ago and I looked at the spot and for the most part, you know, the crops coming back. I, I, I didn't think it would, but. You know, when explosions blow up, they, they typically go up and out. And that's how we had, we had set that charge so that, you know, it's not going to blow down and, and do damage, but that it's going to go up and out. For the most part, it did. And it was, it was really, really cool. But, you know, we caught a lot of flack from, from people that don't like guns. And, and we caught a lot of flack from, uh, people that thought, you know, there was one guy that was really funny. He goes, he goes, so, so you're going to, um, you know, you're going to come to our house and shoot mosquitoes. And, you know, some of these were jokes. But <laughs> I can tell you some of these were, some of these were really serious. And, and, and the farming stuff was tough. You know, people really thought, you know, that, that we hated peanuts and they thought that we hated farmers. And, Look, in today's, just, in today's time, yeah, just, you, you can hurt somebody's feelings over anything. But, you know, we are, we are running down to the end here. Uh, Jeremy, before we get off, uh, you know, Y'all tell everybody where they can find y'all at. If you're looking for um, products, uh, you know, find you on Facebook, find you on Instagram, website. Facebook or our website. Our website is SpartanMosquito.com. 
Um, we list a couple places there where you can find it. Um, and then uh, Facebook is kind of the heartbeat. We kind of live on Facebook. So, you know, if you're looking to buy it, you know, just go to our website and we'll, we'll, we'll point you in the right direction. If you're, if you're looking to be entertained, that would go to our Facebook page. There's, there's, there's kind of some weird stuff on there, but, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's accessible almost everywhere, one way or another, through our website. All right, man. Well, we appreciate it. And, uh, thank you guys for, for hopping on with us. But everybody, we're going to end it here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk. God bless. God bless. Thanks, guys. Well, ain't nothing like a southerner. Lord, to make you feel all right. I got the windows down. I got the radio on.